Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca. So we might be a small community for now, <laughs> but we take very seriously the words that the Lord has spoken over us. And um, that's why we're recording our messages, because we believe that the Lord is going to speak through this community and that he wants to reveal something very unique about his heart to the world through us. And so, yeah, we take, we take his words over this community, his promises very seriously. I just saw wave after wave of the goodness of the Father just breaking into our hearts and into our lives this afternoon. And oh, just the glory of God breaking into those spaces where we need his goodness to break through. And um, I hope you were able to visualize in that moment where Anne said, what is it that you need God's goodness to break through in? And just trust that that wave of his goodness and his glory has broken into that space this afternoon. I'm going to speak about roots and wings this afternoon. Roots and wings. Years ago, the Lord said to me, I am going to give you a view on your life and how we're building together. Um, it's become like a foundational value. He said, you are going to have roots and wings. So when I say roots, I'm referring to where my life is planted, deep roots into the Father, into Jesus and the Holy Spirit, deep roots in family, in community, in Johannesburg, in this country, deep roots where my life is established. And then wings of adventure and impact moments and big things that I want to do with the Lord and that both of those things he will do in our lives. And so I felt like the Lord um, wanted me to speak about that for all of you this afternoon, that he has given us roots and wings and what that means and what that looks like. So early this morning, I got up and, and Rob made me wonderful coffee and I was sitting outside and I felt the father call to me and say to me, come, I want you to sit for a few moments and I want you to reflect on how you see your children. And I wanted to get busy finishing my preach, but I thought, okay, Father, I'm going to sit here for a moment. And I just quietened my heart and I thought about each of my three children. And I thought about how unique they are and how actually from birth, although I didn't know it, their unique giftings and talents were coming out. And now at 14 and 12 and 8, I can see they were exactly those people at that time. And I just began to delight in the three very individual human beings that we have in our care, our children, and just this delight and excitement for who they are stirred up in my heart. And then I felt the father say, and now I want you to imagine what their future with me could be. And I started to picture, you know, each one is so individual, it's going to look very different, but them finding meaningful work in their purpose in the Lord, finding a spouse 
someone to share and partner in their world with them, what their families could look like, the great adventures in the Lord that they may yet accomplish. And I just started to get so expectant for the future that my kids have in the Lord. And the father said to me, that is how I feel about each person in this community. And the faces, your faces, started to flash inside my head. And I was like, I started to pick up the excitement that the Lord has for each one of you, how he delights in you, how he delights in your individual characteristics and how incredibly excited he is for your future, each and every one of you. I kind of captured an insight into the Father's heart. And so this message is almost just to encourage you into the fullness of what he has for you ahead. Um, when I was a little girl, my greatest dream was to be Miss South Africa. <laughs> so I, I really wanted fly-high moments from when I was a very little girl. And um, I got married at 18. He ruined my plans. <laughs> I could no longer be Miss South Africa. So for my 21st birthday, I'd been married for three years already. My mom and dad put on a Miss South Africa show and I won. <laughs> it was wonderful. And, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so from being a very little girl, I wanted glamour and fame and beauty and all those fly high things. And I, I really did. And, and 10 years ago, the Lord said to me, my darling, I need you to root yourself in me because you would not be able to sustain those fly-high moments that I have for you ahead. I need your life to be deeply rooted in me. And so this understanding of being rooted in God started to grow in my heart. And I am sure that there are many, maybe not in South Africa, but many moments of influence, fly-high moments for us in our future. But my real meaning in life comes from the rootedness that I have in the Lord. We live in a culture that places extreme value in flying high. Achievement, accomplishment, success. And yet we place very little value on what we spend most of our time doing. And that's home. Hey? Our marriage, our children, our going to work, our eating, drinking, sleeping, normal everyday life. We tend to define ourselves by the highs and then everything else kind of goes on. But the Lord wants us to thrive in the home moments, in the everyday waking, sleeping, going to work, marriage, friendship, community, church moments, the rooted moments. Otherwise, we're always on this treadmill waiting for the next high, the next thing to define us. He wants to define us here in home. And so when I refer to the word home, I don't want you to think of a house or a place or a residence. I want you to think of it of an understanding of where your life is rooted. If you think of a tree, the roots of the tree go down into the soil. It's where the nutrients and the water is picked up so that the tree can grow high and strong and robust and tall. And it's all actually got to do with how deeply seated the roots are, the nutrients and the water in the ground. And that is the concept of home. It's where your life is rooted, where it's deeply rooted. And then that expression unfolds in your day-to-day -day experience. 
And I want to encourage us as a community to plant our lives in the Lord. Plant our lives in the nature of God. Plant your life in your true home. And that is in the Father. In Jesus, in the Father. When we create home planted in the Lord, we create that atmosphere of home all around us. What did Jesus teach us to pray? Lord, let your kingdom come, let heaven come here on earth. And when we make our home, the root system of our life, in our true home, which is heaven, then that atmosphere begins to come in our earth experience and the atmosphere of heaven begins to to manifest around us. Rob read earlier from Ephesians that the incredible gift of salvation is that Jesus, that we are no longer alone, that Jesus died so that we could be included in him, made perfect, unified with him, hidden in him, and seated with him in heavenly places next to the Father. We receive this incredible, incredible gift that we get included in their family. Do you remember last week that um, Rose shared the parable of the prodigal son? Do you remember? Jesus comes and he reveals the father and he teaches us that the gift of salvation is that we get included into their family of father, son, and Holy Spirit. How beautiful is that parable of the father waiting for his son to return and hoisting up his his robes and running towards his son. It was the most incredible moment when Jesus began to reveal to Israel that God was not as only as they understood him as judge and king and sovereign one, but he was actually father, father. More than 100 times in the Gospel of John, it's mentioned God as Father. So he began to to call us into this understanding and this revelation. And in John 14, this mystery is unpacked in the most beautiful way. Jesus says, I am in the Father and you are in me. This, This is our home. He is in the Father and we are in him. And then... They, Father, Son, and Spirit, through the Holy Spirit in us, have made their home inside of us. It's the most wonderful, wonderful truth. I actually wrote down here, pause. Because you want to let that sink in. That they are our home, and we are their home. We are their dwelling place. We want that wonder to settle in. And Jesus told us to pray on earth as it is on heaven. On earth in my everyday as it is in heaven. And our desire and prayer is that our lives would look like heaven. When he he taught us how to pray, it was like evident that he wanted to invade our lives with the reality of him even more than we want to see heaven manifest in our lives. He was like, pray this because I I want to invade your everyday. I want to invade your, your earth life with the presence of heaven. We don't have to live 
white-knuckled, holding on, desperate, we can actually live as thriving sons and daughters. Why? Not because when we receive the gift of salvation, life becomes peaches and cream, easy, no trials, nothing difficult, but because our home is rooted and established in him. He defines us. He is our safe place. He is our assurance of a good future. And because our life is rooted in him, we get to thrive. I want to also say that as a community, we pursue heaven in every way. We pursue the supernatural miracles and healings and signs and wonders of the Lord. We believe that that is our inheritance to bring the reality of heaven here on earth. But what's so important is that each of us are rooted in the nature of God, that when we pray for people, when we prophesy over people, when we declare the truth of God over people's lives for breakthrough, that we don't treat them as an agenda. Bringing heaven to earth is not our agenda. It's the reality of knowing our Father, carrying his heart for people, so that when we have those moments, we, we are going for the impossible. And we're not going to back down. When it doesn't happen, we're going to keep going for the impossible. But with each encounter with, with whoever you're praying for, for every miracle that you're holding out for, may that person walk away with the miracle, please Jesus, and with an encounter with the nature of God, that they walk away feeling loved, they walk away feeling like they belong, that they are championed, that they are encouraged, not that, oh, that didn't happen, so it's like a little bit awkward, you're a bit of a failure. We want people to encounter the nature of the Father, and that only happens when we are rooted in his nature ourselves, when our lives are firmly planted in the reality of who God is. So Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7 says, So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with kindness and thankfulness. Continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened. Can you see your whole life being strengthened as we are rooted and established and grow in him? The Passion Translation says this, in the same way you received Jesus Christ, our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Progressing further into your union with him. You were made, when you received Jesus by faith, you were made one with him. That is completed. So how do you progress further into your union? it becomes more and more of a reality in your everyday life as the Holy Spirit works it in and through you in the moments of every day. Our union with him is everything and may we progress in our understanding of that forever and into eternity. Your spiritual roots, roots go deeply into his life. The roots of our life go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way, for you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched. Your roots absorb and enrich. You are strengthened and encouraged 
by your root system being in the Father himself, in Jesus, being rooted and growing up and being established in him. So how do we live more intentionally in the reality of home, our family, Father, Son, and Spirit? The concept of home is actually a very, very big deal. In Psalm um, 84, the psalmist looks and sees a little bird that's made a nest right there by the altar, the presence of God. And he starts penning this psalm about how amazing that this little bird has found a nest by your altar. How wonderful. Even one moment in your presence is like a thousand elsewhere. There was already this yearning for us to make a home right by the presence of God because the presence of God is better than anywhere else. And the incredible thing is that Jesus died so that his presence never leaves us and we are one with him. What that psalmist was longing for, we have become the temple of the presence of Jesus. It's a very, very big deal. Home is a big deal. There is a longing at the heart and core of every human being to be seen, known, valued, and received. We all want to belong and be loved, with or without performance. Many of us have experienced the opposite in our families, friendship, and homes. Hey? Many of us have grown up, even in the best homes, it was an imperfect representation of our home with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because of this, we've lost our identity and we feel far from home. We've lost our ability to dream, hope, and thrive because we've been failed by love. When, when you are fully safe, received, accepted in home, it's the place where you dream, hope, and thrive. And because of our broken experiences, I think when we talk about home, we might have a little bit of a distorted perspective. So I actually want to speak about four or five aspects of what home is to remind us of what being included in the family of God actually means. First of all, home is the birthplace of identity. From that tiny little human being, I remember when Mads, our firstborn, she started to wake up. It must have been six or eight weeks. We were watching a movie and she was lying on our laps and suddenly she was looking at us, but like really looking at us. Like we were having this eyeball conversation. Do you remember? She had this little white baby girl on. From that, you know, from the moment they're born, they're receiving feedback. They, they're finding out who they are. They're receiving loving and belonging and just this adoration from their parents. And it begins to form their identity. Um, and of course, now if we're in the Garden of Eden, if you can picture the Lord forming Adam out of dust, holding this man up to his face and breathing his spirit into his nostrils. What was the first thing that Adam saw? The father. And then he knew who he was. Hey, I look like daddy. And from that relationship, you begin to get identity, who you are, what you were created for. You, my boy, were created for love. You were created for relationship. You were created for partnership. So home and family really becomes the birthplace of our identity. 
It's where we discover who we are. As we begin to delve into and unpack the nature of God and who he is more and more and more and delight in who he is, we figure out more about who we are. That's the incredible thing is that as we, and that's why we gather together, that's why we continually are on this journey of, I want to know you more, Lord, because the more we see him, the more we are totally undone by him, the more we understand who we are. And we can't understand who we are without knowing who he is. Our magnificence, our beauty, our wonder is restored as we discover more and more about who the Father is, who Jesus is, revealed by the Spirit. I want to quickly say that, the, that God wants to be known in your story. He wants to be known in your life, in your everyday. And, you know, if you look at the names of God in the Bible, they are, there's just lists of names. I want to read some of those out to you. God is our mighty and strong. God is creator and powerful. He is the one who heals. He is the one who provides. He is our peace. He is the one who sees all. He is the God of the angel armies. He is the shepherd. El Shaddai, the God who is sufficient for the needs of all his people. And there are many more. Those are the names of God. The names of God reveal who he is, Jesus, God Emmanuel with us, the one who saves us from sin and destruction and aloneness and meaningful lives. The name of God reveals who he is. And um, the word says the name of God is like a strong tower and we run into it. In your story, in your life, in your everyday, he wants you to run into who he is, into his nature, into unpacking in your story who he really is, and he's all of those things to you. He's God, your peace. He's God, your provider. He's God, the one that satisfies all of your needs. And he wants you to know him in your story. The second thing about home is that home is a place for the formation of human relationship. It's the place where we get to learn how to communicate and talk, how to love each other, how to fight for each other, how to champion each other's hearts. And um, we are absolutely convinced that it is relationship that God is after, that he is speaking to his children all of the time, and that you can hear his voice. That he, hearing God is not presenting him with a list of requests, and like being, that's like what our prayer life is. Here's my request. Can you please sort them out? Actually, it's conversation. You are his sheep and you know the voice of the shepherd. That's what the word says. You can know the voice of the father. The father is, um, Jesus says, I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that's spoken from the father. We believe that. Don't settle for anything less. Your home in the Lord is a place for you to have relationship with him to hear his voice, to see him speaking to you all around you, to have conversation with him, to have friendship with him, to be his children, his sons and his daughters. Thirdly, home is a shelter in the storm. Often um, when it's raining and it's cold outside, we snuggle in our bed with our kids and we say this thing, we like, baby, it's cold outside, but it's warm in here. <laughs> and 
and we kind of giggle to each other. And that's what home is. When it's cold and hard and difficult outside, you come in and it's safe and you're loved and you're accepted unconditionally and whatever failure you've made, we come and we talk about it and we sort it through. That's what the Father is. That's what your home in the Lord is. It's a shelter from the storm. Whatever you're running to when you're feeling like there's a storm, maybe think about that and think about running straight to him. Think about running straight into the shelter that is Jesus. He wants to be your home. He wants to be your shelter in the storm. Home is a museum of memories. And I felt like the Lord really wanted to encourage you this, this afternoon to make memories with him. If you go around our home, you'll see there's photographs of things that we've done as a family. There's a jar of shells that I can open and say to the kids, you know, do you remember when we walked on this beach and this beach and this beach? There's feathers there that we collected in a forest together. They, this is our museum of memory. And the Lord wants you to live an adventure with him. He wants you to look back at the years of your life and he wants to say, do you remember? Do you remember when we did this together? Do you remember when I changed this all together for you? Do you remember when I broke through here? Do you remember when we did this exciting thing together? Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? He wants your life to be a museum of memories with him. He's not this distant, far-off concept that you're trying to please. He's your daddy, and he wants to have adventures with you. He wants to do cool stuff together, and he wants you to stand back for a moment and remember, remember this museum of memories that you're creating with the Father. He's calling you to more, more adventure. And then home is where you get to be really you. Who knows me the most in this world? Rob, Mads, Mila, and Jude. Why? Because they see the good and the bad and the ugly. And the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us this afternoon to be real, to get real with the Lord. Home is a place where you get to be real. Real internal change comes when we're honest with the Lord. Okay, so the model of church that we've traditionally known is that you go for two hours on a Sunday, you look your best, you wear kind of kind of your best clothes, and you have everything together for those two hours. Whew, that looked good, and that's sorted out, and we present ourselves to God in the same way. Here's my best. I've got myself sorted out. Are you happy with me? But actually, the kingdom doesn't look like that. The kingdom looks like family. And he wants us to take our real, honest, authentic selves and say, actually, Jesus, I'm really not doing okay here. Can you meet me here? And he wants us to depend on him more. He wants the root system of our life to be deeper cemented in who he is. <clears throat> Processing honestly with the Lord, why we harp on this a lot. Why? Because I believe that that is what actually creates thriving in your life. Because he comes into there where you are, wherever you are at and whatever you're struggling with, and he begins to change, recreate you from the inside with his voice. The voice of the Father is the only voice that can recreate your internal reality. I can go to my besties, I can go to my mom and dad, I can hear beautiful counsel because we encourage one another, I can go to Rob. 
It is the voice of the Lord that recreates my inner world only. And that's why we go honestly to him. And, you know, he is so comfortable, 2 Corinthians 4, that we are, we are jars of clay. His treasure, it's just this incredible tension, the perfect gift of salvation. We are perfect. We are made perfect, unified with Jesus. And yet we are jars of clay and we're living this human experience that is imperfect. And the Holy Spirit is the one that continually reminds us of the truth of what the Lord has done, what Jesus accomplished through his blood and works that out in our lives. But he is very comfortable that we are jars of clay because his treasure, his presence is within us. The gold of his presence, that is home. That is home. And it's within us. And we get to walk it out. He's so completely happy with our clay jars. And um, I just want to say that when we're rooted in God and we live God's way, then gifts appear in our life, Galatians 5, like fruit in an orchard. Hey? It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit when our lives are rooted in him. It's different to the gifts. The gifts are prophecy and administration, all other kinds of things. But when our lives, the real authentic root system of our life is rooted in the Father and Jesus, in the Holy Spirit, we live his way and we begin to develop fruit. And that rootedness and the fruit that comes from that space is really what makes life worth living. Our Sunday gatherings last week, this week, the Sunday gatherings we've had, they have been so sweet and so special. That presence of Jesus, when you can't get up, and he's, he's changed everything. He's healed, and he's shifted things in you, and it's just this beautiful encounter corporately as a family with Jesus. I want more, I want more, I want more. I want the weeks and months ahead to be full of times like that. I want to see the Spirit of God poured out. I want to see lives changed. But what is as important is that when you all go home, that I sit around the table with my family and there is love and there is kindness and there is joy because otherwise I have to wait again for next week. <laughs> I have to find the presence of Jesus, the reality of the goodness of the Father as provider, as satisfying my every need, the reality of Jesus. I have to find it there. And that's where you thrive when that becomes a reality and the reality of that crashes into the reality here, the reality over here overflows into that. Romans 12, the transforming power of the gospel. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. That's that honesty. It's like, here's my whole life, Lord. All of it. Have it. This is my expression. This is my proper response to the incredible gift of salvation. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. A beautiful life, satisfying. 
He wants us to live satisfied in him, guys, a beautiful life and perfect in his eyes. This little, this shift that's happening where our lives become so rooted in who he is in his nature, um, I believe that we're in a process of, of the Lord reforming our lives and reforming the church. Again, we have this incredible tension. We are all, each one of us sitting in this room, made perfect before God. And yet sometimes we look and we look like, oh, there's some walls that are broken down in our lives, right? And the Holy Spirit is building up our lives with us. He's building, he's restructuring, he's transforming our internal world so that we can hold more and more of the reality of who he is, more and more of the reality of heaven. It's the same in the church. The church is his glorious, spotless, radiant bride that he won for himself at the cross. But you look around and some of the walls are a little bit broken. This week specifically, I've just been really sad by some lives that have, that just have given up on, on being his radiant bride and, and kind of having a vision for that. So there's some walls that are broken, but the Holy Spirit's busy building up and reforming that his church can become stronger and braver and more courageous and more radiant, glory to glory, a greater expression of the reality that Jesus won on the cross. That's what reformation is. And there is an internal reformation that's happening in each one of us. He has reconciled all to himself and he wants all of us. Not just the part where we come to church, not just this part that we have sorted out, not just this part that we have faith for. Every single moment of your day, every part of your life, he is bringing to himself. It's the same in the church. He is bringing his bride to complete dependence. He is rebuilding her from the inside out because heaven starts here. When you're reformed here, it begins to spill out. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out in the most incredible and beautiful way. That revival is sustained because of reformation and that those two things go together. So as we experience these beautiful first fruits of revival in our meetings, people being healed, coming to know the Lord, the presence of Jesus, yield yourself to greater transformation in the Holy Spirit of your inner world. Your dependency on him, root yourself deeper in who he is in your everyday. Be real, be honest with him. Bring your ordinary everyday life to him. I want to quickly um, just carry on with that analogy of a tree, and I'm going to wrap up now. I can't even get into fly high. It will have to be another time. Um, fly high is easier. It's like super inspirational. Fly high. Go do cool things. Great exploits for the Lord, you know. We'll get there another time. I saw this amazing article in the National Geographic about a forest. And um, it, I was like, oh, that's a picture of community, a picture of family. It's so beautiful. Listen to this. Beneath a single patch of forest soil lies a vast interconnected web of life. Forest ecologist Suzanne Simmet likens it to a kind of hidden intelligence. By tracking specific chemicals, she and other scientists observed how trees in the Douglas fir forests of Canada talk, forming underground symbiotic relationships called with fungi to relay stress signals and share resources with each other. Yeah. Guys,
guys, this is the family of God. We are trees rooted and established in Christ, in the Father, in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and we're growing big and tall, and we connect with one another. Our root systems looking after each other, speaking to each other who's in need, who's struggling. We get from the Father his nature, his goodness, and we get to be his hands and feet to each other. It's so beautiful. Can you see us? We're a forest of, of trees connected by the unity of the Holy Spirit. We are called to great exploits. We are called to the impossible, trusting for heaven on earth. How wonderful that the culture of heaven is family. We don't do that alone. We don't run out on our own doing these great things. We are in family. We are known and loved. You can only risk hope and dream when you are known and loved and championed. And that's what we are in family. We are known and loved and championed so that we can risk, so that we can dare to believe for the impossible. It's a very, very, very powerful thing to be known and loved, to be able to make mistakes and risk on dreams in the Lord and come back and say, that felt terrible. It felt so vulnerable. It just didn't work out altogether and I wasn't who I was hoping to be. And have your family, your spiritual family say to you, don't worry, that was amazing. Try again next time, don't lose heart. It is such a powerful, powerful thing what we get to be to each other. Known, championed, safe, loved, so that we can risk, dream, and hope. I'm going to end with this. Flying high. We start by coming home and living in the reality of home. When we pick up that father's heart and when we really love our home, we will carry his, that reality of his heart when we speak to our brothers and sisters around us that are lost, that don't know the Father, we have come home and we've experienced that safety, that identity, that belonging, and that's how we share and invite those around us to also come home, come home to that prodigal daddy, come home to the Father that is waiting for you. We start with coming home and living in that reality. And what does it look like when that home, that heavenly home, begins to manifest outside of us? This is about the flying high. This is about what we create in our world. Hearts are going to be restored. Families rebuilt. Relationships reconciled. And society renewed. It's the movement of home. It's the movement of home. We've come home. And now we get to invite others to experience the home that we know, the kingdom home in our Father, that heaven on earth, heaven touching our everyday lives, heaven touching our communities and our families and the society around us. Can you stand? I'm going to just pray for us and then we're going to be done. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca today.